Good afternoon and welcome to Engage Success Radio, show number 306, Driving a Culture of Action. Today we're going to be talking about Booper's history of employee listening as it's evolved over the years. I'm Jo Dobbs, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team. The Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice and we're widely supported across the UK involving the public, private and third sectors. If you go to our website engageforsuccess.org you can use the link at the bottom of the page to join our newsletter list and all our social media links are there too. So my guest today is Sarah Hood who's Head of Engagement and Inclusion at, I couldn't even say the word inclusion then, inclusion at Booper. So welcome Sarah, thanks for joining me. Hi Joe. thanks, a pleasure. I think I've just invented a new way of saying inclusion. <laughs> <laughs> so um, great to have you with us. Start by telling us a bit about you and um, your role at Bupa. Sure, thanks. Um, so yeah, really, really pleasure to be on the podcast today. So thank you, Joe. Um, so yeah, I'm head of engagement and inclusion at Bupa. Um, I'm in a global role, so um, I know lots of listeners will. Uh, being global roles as well. So uh, Boop is a, a you, I'm sure many people have heard of us, we're a very large healthcare provider uh, working internationally. Uh, we employ around 80,000 people and we're set up into um, bigger business uh, business um, se sectors called market units. So my role is global um, and I report up into a director who reports up into our chief people officer um, and really um, we'll get into more detail about the, the kind of exactly what I do but it's really about owning the strategy for both engagement and inclusion um, and there are some delivery elements because we run um, global surveys uh, across all of Bupa at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I've already forgotten the name for your different business units how do they break down in terms of is it um, type of business region or whatever it, uh, yeah it's region so it's geographical so right. we've got australia and new zealand um a massive part of our business we've got um europe and latin america and then we've got the uk which is uh, so big the uk because our history is all in the uk that it's, it's its own market unit and then we've got group functions that support those three three big businesses right lovely and your role, role covers inclusion as well as engagement uh and that's I guess it's quite a, a sort of new word generally for for the business mm. world in terms of um, Booper's history and and the world at large. Um, from the, in terms of your role and and the title, is that something that's happened recently for you as well? It is, yeah, absolutely. So um, so a really interesting one and I sort of when I speak to people externally it sounds like it's happening more and more um, so we've definitely found at Bupa that whenever we sort of started and finished conversations strategically about either engagement or inclusion uh, we always ended up talking about the other so um, so uh, we, yeah we do feel that there's a real natural segue um, obviously you know uh, um, as people will know you know engagement is really the outcome what we're really talking about here is employee experience and when you think about employee experience having a diverse workforce and an inclusive culture are just two such important elements of that so we thought by bringing these two things together uh, we had inclusion sat in our in our talent team before you know things like engagement and inclusion we kind of often talk about they kind of fit with everything because they, they overlap absolutely everything that you do so um but it is feel like feeling like quite a natural harmony so far uh, being across both of those agendas 
And that's interesting that it was actually a move into your uh, team rather than just um, adding to your title to sort of reflect the fact that 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 was there. So, um, mm. yeah, quite an in interesting, as you say, to, to have sort of moved it rather than just sort of surfaced it from what you were doing already if you like <laughs> yes absolutely yeah so someone was someone was focused on it and working on it kind of in my broader team uh, but now we've absolutely brought it under the the umbrella of engagement and and brought me in on all of that work and actually kind of already we're seeing some opportunity you know the fact that I'm across the all of the people feedback across Booper and the, our listening strategy and our engagement stuff is is opening up opportunities that the uh, the people who were working on it before didn't have because I've got right. such quick access to that stuff anyway so I can mm. you know in my role I'm really lucky and I'm kind of quite close to the the heartbeat of what people are saying here. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a bit about that about what you've been doing at Bupa around uh, you mentioned employee listening and an engagement mm. generally I mean as you say the, the com company the organization's been around for um, a fair amount of time what, what's the sort of journey you've been on in terms of, of, of employee listening and engagement? Yeah, so um, we've got, I think we've got quite a long history. It's always hard to sort of uh, benchmark yourself, especially with a, with a global company. But we've been, well, from what we can gather in our, in our um, people function or our HR team. Um, so I've been in my current role for four years. I've been at Booper for 15 years and I was a, a manager previously in the operation. But um, speaking to people who've been in HR for a long time, we, we think we can trace it back to about 1999. Um, it could have gone even further back. That's when we started doing annual surveys at Booper. So I think compared to other organisations, that gives us a fairly long history of listening to our people. Um, mm. But that said, uh, we, we did a long, uh, many of those years up until five or six years ago, we just did a, a probably a very sort of bog standard annual survey and we used um, different providers over the years to enable that. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we did, we were absolutely committed to that strategy. Um, and I remember it very well from being an operations manager um, myself as a very useful, useful kind of part of, of my work. Mm. Um, five or six years ago, we kind of, uh, I think because the process and Hopefully this, you know, people will identify with this, the process from an HR perspective and in fact out to the business was proving to be so laborious from an HR systems perspective, you know, gathering all of that people data just to enable surveys, you know, let alone do any of the exciting insight and action uh, was becoming so painful that we kind of we dropped we dropped the whole kind of process um, of the annual survey. Um, and we knew that we needed a fresh approach. Um, we went probably what, from one extreme right to the other in that we went from annual straight away to quarterly pulse um, surveying. And we, because uh, we work very closely with our customer experience colleagues, we adopted uh, the net promoter approach. So we started doing quarterly pulse surveys just using one or two um, employee net promoter questions. So I would you recommend Booper as a place to work and tell us why. Um, mm. And we did that for a couple of years which really kind of moved the game on um, in that it really brought around you know increased focus just purely from a frequency perspective so it broke a bit of that annual cycle of activity where things just go a bit quiet when you're not at that um, results time uh, and the simplicity was fantastic to go from a sort of 90 odd question survey to a one one or two question survey was <laughs> delightful um, however we did some challenges really did remain so we had obviously with every question we asked people to leave their comments and they did indeed leave their comments our people are very uh, very good at talking to us via comments um, and at that point we didn't have a provider that really could help us 
us get to the heart of what people were saying quickly. So what ended up happening was we were just completely overwhelmed by the amount of kind of comments coming from the business and not able to chunk it in a way that was meaningful or actionable for mm. managers. Mm. Um, so and also all of the pain I just mentioned before around people data and kind of just the logistics of getting surveys out remained. So actually, from an HR perspective, we quadrupled our workload. Uh, so we were doing all of that work to get the survey out, but we were now doing it four times a year. So it was definitely a, a move on, uh, but we did it for a couple of years and then we thought, right, we need to kind of you know, really partner with someone who's really strong at this. Um, and so at the beginning of last year, we went out and did a proper tender, a very lengthy tender process, and we really scoured the market. Um, and we ended up partnering with Glint sort of mid-year last year. Um, and, and we've been working with them ever since to kind of just establish, you know, what's the what's the sweet spot for us? You know, we've done the annual, we've done quarterly. Uh, we thought that it was probably somewhere in between. Um, and so we've kind of, we've, we've at the moment, we're doing twice yearly 15 question surveys um, and using the Glint platform, which I'm sure people have heard about, but it's it's kind of a tool that can just, it just so quickly opens up the opportunity and, and gives you the insights in such a meaningful, easy way so quickly. So that's why we're absolutely now, we're kind of, I feel like we're over the pain of some of our past in terms of the logistics um, issues and the overwhelm issues. And we're now into a place where we can really hand on heart say we can absolutely enable action now because you know all of our excuses have gone away we, we, we really feel like we're empowering our managers mm-hmm. so the the makeup of your your people your sort of profiles they're they're presumably out and about in lots of situations they're, they're working in hospitals other places that <laughs> are hard to get to um yeah how do, you, how do you make sure you get feedback from those people who are yeah. perhaps less you know in front of you as it were it's a very, it's a big challenge, a, a massive challenge for us. And, and sometimes it feels certainly in my role and, and people who kind of I work with internally, you know, you can get really lost in the weeds on this one because mm-hmm. it, it has to be the first thing you address, because if you can't physically kind of, uh, you know, allow people to be heard, then you kind of your whole program is a bit pointless. So of our 80,000 people, over half of them are working in clinics and hospitals and dental practices and care homes. So by the very nature of their jobs, they're not looking at screens, they're with our customers mm. um, and again we've tried lots of things in the past because um, when we went to that really simplified approach of quarterly EMPS surveys we thought that you know everyone nowadays has got a smartphone so we can just you know it only takes two seconds to do the survey so surely we can assume that they can do it on their own device but actually we discovered when we got into the detail of that that um, in most clinical environments, staff aren't even allowed to have their device on them because of data protection and, and all sorts of issues. So uh, we've we've focused really hard. It's always been a thing that we've been working on kind of alongside our main program. Um, and um, for example, in the UK, um, they've done a tremendous job of just ensuring that in every single one of our um, clinics or hospitals or care homes we've got you know a decent set of computers if not we've got iPads because iPads tend to work better for us in care homes for example um, and we're just really enabling and managers and team leaders etc to give people um, the, the you know the space to take part in it I think it mm. you know it come it also speaks to a bit of the strategic side and the almost the, the sort of the heart and the what's in it for me sort of thing is that if you really spend your time 
you know, getting your managers on board as to why this is a good idea for them, because ultimately this whole thing is about making their jobs easier and helping them improve, you know, what it's like to work at Booper, then they in turn are then interested in getting people to feedback. Because it's not it's not feedback for us, you know, sat here in, in London, it's feedback to, to help them out there make make the job easier. So yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, and, and you know, we, we we have a bit of fun with it. We we're definitely not um keen on incentivizing. You know, we used to I know it's it's a bit of an old-fashioned approach there's a lot of uh, businesses incentivize on participation rates and stuff we learned kind of the hard way that that wasn't the way to go uh, we want to encourage participation but we never ever want people to feel pressured um, but we do in certain areas we have fun with it you know so I've heard things like you know that some of our businesses doing pimp my booth so that's where they've got <laughs> an iPad station and they're trying to just have a bit of fun with it and a bit of local competition as to you know make the experience of even giving their feedback a bit more fun for their people so um, yeah. so yeah all yeah. sorts of different approaches but uh, you know the one thing I would say is that it has to be a top priority because if, if we don't get that bit right then you get you know you do all this stuff you invest working with a partner like glint which is you know they're, they're um you know not a cheap organization to work with because they're, they're such high quality but you've got to make sure that you're enabling your people to participate otherwise it's kind mm. of all just a bit of a waste yes yeah so I, I can see how some of that sort of motivation for line managers in situ to get this information can be um, done sort of fairly easily because as you say it's about the benefit that they get in in the moment if you like but at the senior level as you've just said you know you're, you're spending you know a big chunk of money and um, affecting operations all around the world to get this this feedback how easy was it to get that sort of top level buy-in and, and to keep that momentum yeah it's a it's an excellent question and i think it's a it is a real challenge that we need to be talking about a lot um i think at bupa we i feel that i'm probably pretty lucky compared to some other organizations because in the very nature of bupa in being in health and care um, we're pretty people focused so we don't have a product for example that we we sell where our people are our product so we we kind of in the nature of our of our ethos we're very people focused so mm -hmm. um, it's never been a huge challenge of mine to kind of get get engagement on the agenda um, although interestingly you know um, we I, you know we do work really really hard to stay close to our um, CPO who himself has been in, in Bupa for a couple of years and only just this morning was saying to me how he's found just in that two years the journey in terms of getting that our top exec team engaged in the conversation around engagement you know he's, he's finding it so much better now that they're really really wanting to talk about it um, so uh, I you know again practical stuff yeah I'm, I, I think in roles like mine it's just about constant forward planning and making sure that you're just always on agendas um, it really has helped us having a credible partner in Glint um, kind of sounds silly but kind of the fact that we partnered with a Silicon Valley based you know startup organization who were getting lots of attention and then they were acquired by LinkedIn you know it, it actually does make your executive team sit up and think you know these are serious people that that we want to listen to so mm. when we initially partnered with Glint we did bring them right in so we brought them into the conversation with the exec team as opposed to doing it all ourselves so those mm. kinds of things have helped um, what about, so yeah so I was going to say, what about the change from annual to quarterly to, to um, half yearly and the, the sort of numbers of questions? That, uh, I mm. guess that will have had an impact on people's relative levels of 
a interest and b mm. ability to to do things with it <laughs> yeah it's 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 a, it, i think it's a tricky one and in a large global it's a very tricky one because i think it, you know if i'm honest personally from an ideal perspective i'd be going more frequently than twice per year because i'm i'm absolutely bought into the benefits of continuous feedback um, and action but but you know for us and um, speaking to kind of those points i mentioned before about you know the pain of the actual logistics which you know we've just been refining and refining and refining forever um it is just about right for us at the moment um our intention is probably you know it, it is always to continue to uh, encourage more frequent feedback but um right now twice yearly from a practical perspective is working for us and i think uh, we're focused on kind of just driving this this culture of of action through using the glint tool and making things easier for our our managers um, and also another thing I was going to mention is that uh, I think again it really helped us just starting off in that partnership with Glint last year but it's also kind of helped me and my team kind of build our credibility as the as the trusted experts internally so now I'm finding that when we go to our executive team with proposals for survey questions for example I'm, I'm very much being trusted to kind of you know what our recommendation is and the, and the fact that Glint are giving us some really great stuff about all of the evidence behind x y and z it just helps to get things across the line a lot quicker I think before the executive team they were still very engaged and interested in the topic but we were kind of almost co-creating and it was slowing things down a bit whereas we've really worked to build our role as kind of the the trusted experts on this and and to make sure that everything that we're doing is kind of really well evidence-based and really tight from that perspective so it's kind of made things a bit easier and so let's talk about the the culture of action that that you briefly mentioned because you you already said it, it it's been a challenge to get everyone to contribute and you've had to sort of focus on that i guess the next natural uh, challenge after that is how to get things to change as a result of, of the feedback so oh, how, how, have you, how have you done that yeah and this is still, you know, I still say this is a big journey for us, you know, by no means have we got this cracked, but I feel like we're in a good place and that we're actually there. You know, I feel like we've kind of overcome some of our logistics challenges of the past and we're 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 absolutely in a place where we're seeing some really, really great stuff happening. So I've talked a lot about partnering with Glint. I won't talk about that much more, um, but that's really helped because it, what it's delivered for us is a simple and smart tool that basically just brings to the manager and the team what they need to know almost in the moment. You can even give you can give people access to the results while the survey is still open. We tend to go, you know, two or three days afterwards. But when I think back to the sort of four to six weeks we used to have to wait, you know, it's just incredible. Mm. And it and it points you to actions as well. It points you to two maximum three things um, to work on and again it's all done using algorithms in the background which those things if you focus on those things as a manager those are the things that are going to um, prove you know create the biggest shift in engagement because they're the highestly correlated it's not just about best and worst scores so this, the technology and the platform has just really really opened up the opportunity I think for this culture of action um, We've adopted the same framework as our customer experience, which really helps in a, in a really customer focused organization, which many are. So our model in customer experience at Booper is listen, learn and act. And so we thought it would be really sensible and simple to adopt that same philosophy with um, our people. So listen, learn and act is what we, we kind of have the sort of a similar framework. Um, the senior buy-in definitely uh, I've talked about um, and upping the frequency from annual at least twice yearly has helped. Um, I think the thing with this 
this kind of culture of action, however, is kind of we're now we're now very much this year and probably into the next couple of years thinking about the changing role of HR. So moving away from being, you know, the, the kind of project managers and the, and the logistics people and, and helping managers understand and explain results to real strategic partnership on this stuff and actually having conversations and partnering with the business around having the conversation so it becomes um, I'm seeing our strategy is moving from a listening strategy into a conversation strategy um, and really trying to um, drive capability in having that conversation because I know myself and, and many of uh, your listeners will be the same in that sometimes it's easy to have all of this great stuff on this program but when you're in a room with a team who you know for whatever reason uh, are disgruntled you know it's a really really advanced management skill to have a great conversation with them and actually get to the nub of issues and and start to act on things so we're really coming I think into the era of of that capability build which you know it, we've talked about it for a long time but I don't think we've ever really quite uh, grappled with it in, in any meaningful way because we've been so kind of focused on um, the mechanics of, of the survey and results. Mm. How helpful has it been coming from an operations background yourself? Uh, I, I massively, actually, probably here in what I'm saying, it just it kind of is, it just helps me, gives me context every day as to kind of who my end customer is and, and what I'm trying to achieve. Um, because, you know, and, and it's probably a piece of advice that I would give to anyone who doesn't have that experience, who's working in, in an HR team doing a similar kind of role is to try and just find ways to connect to frontline managers as much as you possibly can. Because ultimately, you know, it can sometimes feel like you're serving your executives primarily. But actually, if you think about the number of, of managers and teams and where the change is actually going to happen, it's going to happen out at your front line and your, and your big populations of employees. So it's those managers that are, I would say are probably your, your biggest and most important stakeholders. So the challenge for me now being four years in though is is staying connected because you yes. know when you change roles and go into different in different scenarios you can't always assume that the things of the past are the things of the present. So I, I try to try to keep my network internally alive so that I can stay close to those old friends. <laughs> <laughs> and so tell us a bit more about future plans and you started to touch on this in terms of the sort of um skills of, of the, the team, your team and how they work with the business. How are things going to progress now with you know the, the, the listening, the surveys, the, the actions? Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're, we're probably very much in, in a year this year of just embedding our new approach because it was such a sort of, we really did launch, um, relaunch last year. Uh, we took the opportunity to, to completely relaunch our programme. So this is a business, it feels very new, even though we know that it's kind of an evolution of, of an approach over many years. Um, so we're just continuing to embed our approach and get this, get this kind of twice yearly um, approach kind of just working really smoothly so remove all of the logistics or uh, people data pain issues um, from the process that's one thing um, and really starting to get our managers and teams talking as much as possible so we've got things like um, you know we now have a really firm ongoing comms plan that's alive all throughout the year regardless of when we do surveys and we're doing a series of videos showcasing our best teams and managers and, and talking about how it's how it's working for them so it just kind of keeps things alive 
Um, from a sort of strategic perspective, um, because of the technology that we've got access to, we, we're starting to expand out to the life cycle. So we're starting to look at um, bringing in, because you can do it all on the same tool, um, things like exit and onboarding surveys. So you can start to look at engagement or your employee experience a lot more holistically. So, But it does take time to build up the data. So uh, we're starting to launch that in some of our businesses. And we're really excited to see kind of the connections between people's journey at Bupa and, and where we might have some hotspot issues that we want to address because we've obviously we've been doing these things um, in different places over the years but never before have we been able to join it all together um, so that's exciting um, and I suppose from my perspective uh, as I've mentioned I'll be continuing to encourage more frequent you know more frequent activity as much as I can um, because you know the twice yearly is kind of it, it, it's the right fit for us at the moment but I know it's not best practice and it's and it's and if we can up the frequency we can definitely that would help us on our journey um, to create this culture of action and then lastly it's probably just about as I mentioned before the capability side so really focusing now on the changing role of HR in all of this so how we can develop their capability to be really strategic partners with the business in this um, and then you know with our managers and leaders in, in that conversation that I mentioned before is about you know what does it take to, to be an, an absolute world-class leader in this space and really you know de deliver a world-class employee experience um, you know out on the front line and, and that's a really challenging thing to do so um, that's definitely where our, our challenges ahead lie. Mm, all sounds very exciting, very busy <laughs> and uh, yes. something that uh, would be good to get a report on in a, in a couple of years time and see how things have gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, absolutely. So just to, to finish, for what, what uh, top tip or tips have you got for people looking at this in their organisation that are perhaps a bit earlier in their in their journey? What, what's one of the key mm. things that you think people should bear in mind yeah gosh I mean there's so much but <laughs> the thing that's just come to mind from from what we were just talking about Joe is probably around the the manager experience in this I, I really do you know in the in the complicated you know puzzle of stakeholders that is always the way of things you know with this kind of work you've got so many stakeholders that you're dealing with I do think that, that it's important to you know be really clear of of where that you're if you're going to if you're trying to drive change where that change is going to come from and I do you know strongly believe that um, it's it's out in the business where you're going to see the biggest change so you know senior buy-in is very very critical but I would always probably start and finish building your your experience or your service of your program around the manager so if you if you're not really closely connected to, to managers out, out in frontline type jobs um, is to get connected um, because that's probably if you build from um, making the, the tool really useful for them, then I think that that's going to open up the biggest opportunity for change um, in mm. the short term, certainly. Mm. Brilliant. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much for sharing all that great um, wisdom with us. It's been, it's been a really interesting um, interview. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you. And just to let you know, next week, Joe Moffat will be here with DD Bennett of PayPlan, and they're going to be talking about how engagement only happens if you put leadership first. So we'll catch you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.